Hi everyone. Today is November 30th, 2023, and this is Read Through the New Testament. And today we are going to read Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 50, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. Okay. So starting off in the middle of Mark chapter 9 with verse 30. Um, Jesus has um, had his transfiguration and then came down the mountain and the disciples are trying to cast a demon out of a boy and then Jesus came and did it for them. All right, verse 30. They went on from there and passed through Galilee and he did not want anyone to know for he was teaching his disciples saying to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. Yep, that's that's a, 931. That's the yep. second time. And 831, 931, 1033. There you go. Okay. Uh, verse 32. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. Yeah, whereas before it said uh, earlier that they had understood um, a little bit, but they didn't want to ask him. I think so. Yeah, verse 10. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what it might mean. So there they kind of, mm-hmm. they didn't really know and understood, but they were thinking about it. All right. But and this is the whole dynamic of the of the gospel account, is that Jesus told them he's going to die and rise again. They, they just didn't quite understand it. But also, I think in 831, when Jesus first said it the first time about his suffering and his death and his resurrection, then Peter's response was to rebuke Jesus. Yep. And then Jesus turned and rebuked Peter. And yep. so I think this time, they're too scared to say <laughs> yeah. anything about it. Yeah, they don't want to get rebuked. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so we're the verse, verse 33. Now? Yep. Okay. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. <laughs> Here's the rebuke. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest amazing they did right after he's telling them i'm gonna mm. die and i'm gonna rise again like who's mm. the greatest well i am i am no i am mm. he sat down and called the 12 and he said to them if anyone would be first he must be last of all and servant of all and he took a child and put him in the midst of them and taking him in his arms he said to them whoever receives one such child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me verse 38 John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? 
Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Well, here's the second or third maybe prediction of the death. And then they're arguing who the greatest is. And then just uh, the tragedy of leading other ones to sin. And hell is there. And then who? I don't know what this last two verses mean about salt. Hmm. Salt is good, I guess. <laughs> is, is we need to be salt in ourselves and be at peace, whatever that means. But definitely this last section, there's some teachings on, or some things we can learn about hell. Yeah. One of the key spots for that. Yep. And Jesus... Teaching about hell. He talks more about hell than he does about heaven. Uh, okay, so now we're 1 Corinthians 12. We get it today. And uh, this really has to do really with um, um, the gifts and how even we as one body have all these different gifts is what this talks about. Okay, yeah. So many different spiritual gifts but one body. Yep. Okay. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And that's just like the body, right? There's lots of things in the body, but there's one body is the emphasis here. Lots of variety, but one body. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body... So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, 
that there may, there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer there is no. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I show you a still more excellent way. Which is chapter 13. That's tomorrow, the way of love. (laughs) And, And spiritual gifts often can away from love because it's all about me and my gift and what I can do. Mm-hmm. But Paul basically says, no, it's not about you. It's about others and loving others. It's the key to spiritual gifts. Realizing you're just a part of the body. Hmm. Okay. All right. We will see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.